Hey guys, welcome back to Under the Olive Tree. I am your host, Kat Freyaldenhoven, and I am sitting here with Brandon Winter, and we are uh, kind of Skyping, I guess, right now with um, Julie and Joe in England. So welcome. Say hi, Thank guys. Thank you. Hello. 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 Skyping. Is that still a thing? Um, I think, well, you know, maybe some of our viewers will know, some of our, <laughs> some of our listeners will know what Skyping is and some will know that it's Zooming. For every or millennial, millennial and Gen X. Anyways, just, yeah, let's just make, yeah, make some life situations. Um, so Okay, so last week we um, we just started talking about we just started the conversation about um, the center of um, advocacy law and justice and um, and and really how Julie kind of got this revelation from the Lord about it um, and 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 what like spiritual warfare looked like around these particular issues and so today um, I'd like to just. I'd like Julie, I'd like for you just to kind of give us this, um, again, this review of, you know, why you guys are in England, what God has said about spiritual warfare, um, because I think it's really important on the practical side of things, right? So as Christians, we kind of have this like ethereal view of spiritual warfare and it's, uh, sometimes it can, it cannot be practical, Mm -hmm. um, especially around like a huge topic of law and government and politics and all of that. And so we are humbly about to discuss yeah. what the Lord has kind of revealing. Like this is, yeah, very humbly. Um, yeah. I, I remember when I first, you know, met the Lord, um, somebody gave me this full armor of God prayer. And that was all my spiritual warfare that I knew about for for years was to pray the full armor of God over myself and um, so, so yeah, so we're not talking about the full armor of God, right? We're talking about, I mean, it's still that same like idea, but it's, it's like, it means it's something different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, thank you, Kat and Brandon. Yeah, I think that's, that's interesting because it does seem very, um, I don't know, for want of a better phrase, it's kind of out there. You know, when we look at spiritual warfare, it seems like, what does that mean? It seems, um, I don't know. It really has, it has, I think, I feel like it carries some baggage and some confusion. And I think the one thing that Lord's been speaking to me a lot about and um, our team as we've been praying and just seeking him on it is he's actually very kind of practical and down to earth. Like I love, (laughs) I love the story of Elijah and uh, this is one of my favorite stories. Like Elijah's um, talking to the Lord and he's like, there's nobody but me. And he's just like mourning. And so this, stressed and then the lord's like he's like there's nobody that's worshiping you i'm doing like basically all by myself and he's having a massive pity party and like god sends an angel and he's like elijah have some food go to sleep and he wakes up have some food go to sleep you know and it's just so i was like okay yeah he's so practical and i think sometimes you think things are so out there you know like you know god saved me today but sometimes and most of the time a lot of times that practical part of who god is like god is the creator of all things he's in all and through all and it's like 
he is practical. And so I think that's why he's been like really talking to us because when we first, he started speaking to us about the battle is not against flesh and blood, it's against principalities and powers of darkness. That sounds very daunting. And um, it's from Ephesians 6, 12, but it seems very daunting. And, and you always hear that with spiritual warfare. And I'm like, what are principalities and powers of darkness? What is that? And, um, and then God started to say, you know, he said to us, if you want to make an impact in the sphere of government, you really need to start in England and you need to pray in England and you need to see um, the shift in the nations come in England because it's such a core of governments every, like, in all over the world. And so when England is, it's aligned and the, the spiritual battle in England is, is corrected, it will have impact globally. So, that's why we came to England. But when we got here, I remember meeting Kat and she's like, I said, hey, Kat, you want to come pray with me in England? And she's like, uh, so what are you doing in England? And I was like, okay, you know, actually, I don't know. The plan is we're going to go and we're going to yeah. seek the Lord and we're going to see what he says and we're going to pray. Um, <laughs> Best answer. And I was like, sure, if that's the answer, I'm as long as you don't spend to like build your own thing and do this, like, and you don't. So it's awesome. I was like, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. So that's what we started to do. And Brandon yeah. came and we're just, we're just praying and asking God, what do you want us to do? We want to be obedient to you. And so that, that, that kind of started us. That's why we're here at this podcast, which we'll go into in a second. But that, that was how it started. And he started showing like this, this, over, you know, like one thing he had spoken was that if we, um, oftentimes when God finds solutions, he, he goes so much higher than the issue itself. We deal with this injustice all the time because it's so overwhelming when you look at the injustices around you. I mean, I'm sure all of us, when we think about human trafficking or we think about, um, abuse of children or we think about things that we see homelessness it's can be so overwhelming and then but god has this way of like dealing with a bigger issue that we don't see way above we say like above the clouds and when he deals with that one issue all these other um issues fall into a line and they get corrected but you didn't realize that that was the real issue and so mm -hmm. um that was one of the first things he started to say was help me let me start asking me for strategies to how to deal with what's actually causing the issue so the ripple effects is that the injustices are aligned into justice and when we say justice we say justice is as god defines justice not just it's not some nebulous concept. It's kind of a character trait of who God is. And so, um, yeah, so that's how we started in England and that's how we got here. But when we got here, we started walking and praying and just, oh, what do we do, Lord? What do you think? And he started to say things like, um, well, first, you guys need to, to set up intentional perimeters of protection around you yourselves. There are certain things that like, if you are wanting to make change in these areas, if you want to make an impact in uh, the heavenly realms, then you're obviously going to be a target in them. So uh, you need to set up defenses. And so the first thing God started to say, is not like go there and just like, hey, praying down strongholds, but it was first thing he said is you need to, for us, there were three things he said, and for you, it may be completely different for those listening. It can be, you may have different defenses, but for us, it was, um, we're missionaries, so we have to raise our own support. So it's finances. Um, the second was health. And the third was um, communication 
between ourselves and those around us in our community. Um, and those are the three things that most commonly get missionaries off the fields, finances, health, or miscommunications. So we started to pray into those and, and we can maybe talk about that later, but what does that look like? He started addressing those. And then the second thing he started saying is it's not enough for you, Julie, to just go, Hey, pray down a stronghold and in this space, which is kind of all we've ever known is you just go there and pray and then, Hey, you know, break down the stronghold. And like, I, you know, what you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. And we, we don't really know exactly, but we hear these things. I mean, it, like everybody's kind of looking at each other. <laughs> Christian approach to this. If you're not a Christian listening to this, yeah. please send us yeah. your question. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so true. That's a, that's a Christianese thing. So we're all like, we have no, idea christians also oftentimes are like, totally there's a few people who really feel like they're they know what's going on and then a whole lot of people who are looking there trying to pretend like they know what's going on uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so god thankfully is way practical and he's like okay so in addition to like putting up defenses in your own lives because this gets missionaries off the field this will stop you from continuing what i want you to do then he started to say mm-hmm. it's not enough to just say pray it like pray that's out of existence he's like strong holds like it's basically when people in in the case that we're talking about it's lies that people believe that have just been they're not they're just sometimes it's just a small uh, misalignment from truth or sometimes it's a major one but a lot of times it's just lies that people believe and so he said what I want you to do is to go through and just to start speaking truth and build up pillars of truth and that is what is powerful mm-hmm. for for um, for really bringing down strongholds is like you bring truth into situations instead of letting the lies perpetuate and uh, mm-hmm. and I thought oh so that's why we started to work on the training. That's why we were in England. That's why we're doing podcasts. Like it's this thing of like, okay, what is the truth? Well, God's so practical. And so we're just looking at like practical ways of just bringing truth into situations and bringing hope into situations. Like God is a God of hope. And that's, that is a truth. And we look at him and we say, you know, people are afraid of him and they have this judgment mentality, but actually when you're near him, you should have life and you should have hope. And if that's not the fruit that you have, then there's a lie in there somewhere that needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. And if there's a belief that this is something else I was praying and I was praying for, you know, this generation and we see like God so wanting to move and like, and so many people in the church, even like I was this word of like with the Asbury revival, the repentance and, and, and God saying, you know, I feel like the church is afraid to come to him. You know, like when I was praying, I was like that there are people who have known him in the past and like this, there's this lie that this perpetuated that he, they've done something so bad or something so bad in their past or that, that he's not going to forgive them or that he's just going to judge them or looks on them with condemnation. And, and he's just like, no, I love you. And I want you to come to me as you are. I didn't say get perfect and come to me. I said, just come as you are because you're who I want every part of you like and so i just kept praying that and i i just feel like that that's one of those lies that we see and we just assume it's the truth that no really no one could love me because we struggle to love ourselves we think god can't love us and i think that's like one of those lies and the truth is he does want you to come he does want us all to come to him just completely Mm -hmm. vulnerable just as we are and and how he's there's hope so that's like the difference that's just a quick example 
have hope. You know, it's so one thing, one thing that you and I would um, continually talk about as we were just praying and really just our prayers were just, you know, Hey God, like what, what are you, what are you saying about this? And then us trusting that he wanted to speak about it and that our impressions were of the Lord, you know? So it's a trusting ourselves one to like hear that God is actually talking to us on these like big topic issues because he cares. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one, one thing I, we both kind of just really started noticing that is, you know, as these defenses are putting in place, I just love that he's such a good, like, director and um, like a general, if you will, of an army, like he would, like a good general would never send people into a battle without like protection, without some kind of training, without anything, you know, or, um, you know, just with this like knowledge of, you know, who is backing them mm-hmm. basically. And it's, you know, it's the Lord, the creator of the universe. So these, these really big issues around government, because when we look at like government and, and nations and, um, whatever nation you're in, it, you can see that and be like, oh, there's no hope mm-hmm. or, oh, it's all corrupt or, oh, it's, you know, and just like list off all the negative things or that's never going to change or, you know, yeah, this policy and this, you know, can just become this very adversarial situation. But, um, but we kept hearing, you know, healing nations begins with the healing of your own heart. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's going down to the core root level of people and Christians really, because, um, we have the power, right. That Jesus gave us mm-hmm. to, to literally overthrow darkness, um, with his name and, and with his, with his heart. And so really letting God work out the issues in our heart that were taking like roots and covering nations. So for like example, I don't know, like we, we we're in the, Brandon and I are in the United States right now. So in our political sphere, it is, I mean, you just turn on any kind of media or news and it's, it's complete offense, criticism, judgment. It's very adversarial, you know, whatnot, um, towards parties in this. And so God is going to start dealing with offense in my own heart. If I want to like speak life into these situations, if I want to bring hope and healing, he's like, well, let's deal with these root issues in your own heart instead of you just going and building something that like it's going to fall if if your heart is not in line with me you know or, or just believing a lie that's really not god's character um so yeah anyways those those are just some yeah you know broad it's a broader view right of what we've kind of just been talking about um babe do you have anything yeah um so it's a little bit, a little bit off topic from what you're saying. That's okay. I feel like you, you have something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to switch gears real quick. Um, this is maybe a question for you, Julia. So I, I liked what you were saying about spiritual warfare and, um, you know, we need to be creating constructs of truth or it's like an institution of truth in some ways, like to, to tear down, to actually tear down the strongholds and like replace them. Um, it's not just enough to um, to loose and bind them, but we really need to to create a construct of truth 
Um, and so I was just thinking about that. That's a little, I feel like that's a little, I, we probably need to break it down and like talk about some examples of like what it means to create a, an institution of truth or a construct of truth in an area where there's been lies. Um, but maybe just as a starting point, um, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, but I'm sure we've all felt at some point in our life, you know, kind of down. And then somebody gives us a compliment and we're like, and it's like somebody speaking truth into our lives, you know, either like, you know, you look great or, um, you know, you're, you know, they're just complimenting us on something. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes that experience of somebody telling you the truth for the first time, you know, or in a way that you're not used to hearing it, it's actually kind of weak. And, um, and it actually doesn't, you know, it doesn't really land we're, we know like what's going on in our head is kind of like not actually true, mm-hmm. but it's like what feels natural or it feels most right. And then when somebody brings truth into our lives through a compliment or, or something like that, now all of a sudden we're kind of like, why do they say that? Like that, they didn't really mean that, mm-hmm. you know, and we start to like almost build a case against why they're not true. And then in the process, we're like, it's like this wrestle in our own hearts of, over truth. And so I just wanted to maybe talk a little bit about um, bringing, like, what uh, what does it take to bring truth as a construct? Yeah, thanks, Brennan. I think that's that's a great question. Um, you know what it reminds me? Okay, I have two thoughts that came to my mind quickly as you're talking. Um, the first thing is, like, when you hear something that's so true and it just brings light to a lie, you know, you're like, ah, oh, I totally mm-hmm. didn't see that. And, um <laughs> I think God, God talks to me in movies a lot. So one such film was um, Harry Potter. Uh, so uh, for better or for worse, whatever your opinions are on that. But but the one place was like where um, there the whole, there's this real tension about feeling like where Harry the uh, main character was feeling very very down and alone and he was perpetuating the loneliness by not being around people who did care about him and he was like isolating himself um and it was just making it it worse and uh, his friend luna comes and says you know basically i guess that's how he would want you to feel and he's talking about like Voldemort in this case like the the antagonist that's how he would want you to feel because you're not as much of a threat when you're alone and mm-hmm. and like if you're by yourself and you're alone you're not as much of a threat and and it's just one moment where someone speaks a truth and you're like oh my I didn't even realize like I like I'm perpetuating this myself and and she's right I'm not as much of a threat if I am always alone and isolated than if I have support and structure and people who love me affirming what, you know, the truth in our lives. So even just that one moment corrected can correct a, of like, it's like the ring of truth. You know that that, that word was exactly right. And, and it's it's just it only can take a second when it's the ring of truth to correct um, mm. a false narrative. And then the second thing that came to my mind is um, when we are trained in crisis management response, <laughs> mm. you know, like one of the biggest things is if you're the holder of the crisis, if the crisis is what you're trying, like 
you're responsible for this crisis, then you have to control the narrative and you have to be the first people to communicate what's actually happening because people will create something as happening when they see a crisis mm -hmm. and they're going to jump to lots of conclusions. So it's your job to actually communicate the truth of what's happening from you know, feet on the ground. This is what's happening. You could, it's called, they call it controlling the narrative. And it's not it's just like mm -hmm. you're giving truth to the people on the ground. And I think it's the same kind of concept. People will see things and they will jump to conclusions, but like, when you know the truth, you have authority to speak that truth and to give that to people who are seeing it and then how they can then interpret the situation around them. And that's kind of just, you know, that's a big broader statement of kind of what we're talking about. So, you know, you have one quick moment of like here you can see that that brings light into a dark situation and that's clearly truth and that corrects it or it can be even a I see that this is going to be the way um this can be the issue that can come out of this set of situations so I know the truth so I'm going to go ahead and give it to people so they know the truth and they it doesn't leave room for lies to be created so it can be either way either it can be correcting a lie or it can be setting the truth in place um, as the foundational stone. Um, wow, that's that's so powerful, Julie. And as you're just talking about it, I'm just thinking like, I mean, in crisis management, and I'm sure you have lots of examples that you could and probably can't talk about, <laughs> um, <laughs> just because the nature of, of that of that area. But um, I'm sure it's 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 challenging and daunting when you're the first one the first voice in the narrative like, like okay like i need to control the narrative and i need to to really speak truth as to what's happening and you're like the authority and then i'm sure it's another level of complexity when you're not the first voice in mm -hmm. and maybe you're like what if you're a year into the situation and then you come in and and you're not really seen as the authority you're really kind of coming in and speaking truth but you know who's listening and um, maybe that's in some ways that's like what we're doing in some of these areas of uh, injustice uh, and in advocacy is we're not the first voice in, and it takes great courage to come in and and to speak truth and to take the narrative back. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I think that's that's definitely something that we'll have to. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to be a theme is like the courage that it takes to come in to a crisis because there's so many crises around the world and who is standing up and who is speaking truth mm -hmm. and who is controlling the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, because like you said, people will create so many different narratives. Everybody wants to know what's going on and everybody, you know, recognizes the truth, but, but do they see the whole truth or are they just like seeing one mm -hmm. part of it? So. And making sure that it's like, you know, as believers, we are responsible to receive the truth, like what is God saying about this situation? So it's our job to be in communication with the Lord about these situations and to have the authority and to have the voice and to speak with a heart of love and truth. Um, and so it's not, oh, well, your truth, my truth, this truth. It's like, no, wait, what's the word of the Lord about a situation? You know, a lot of what Julie, like we did just praying at 6am is what's the word of the Lord about this? Like, because we believe that he is all truth. There's, you know, there's no lie in him. And so, and he's very clear about that. And so how humbling it is that as believers, we get to know the truth, like, 
and and that's it. That's all. Um, so and and just speaking it out of with the motivation of you know of love and mm-hmm. how how the Lord would you know present it. So so powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited to talk more about all of these things. Um, so the next, um, so the next three podcasts, we will go into those defenses a little more because God was speaking a lot individually, um, about our personal defenses. And I feel like giving just a strategy, um, for how, how to get your own defenses. What does it look like to practically implement these? So just a reminder, um, ours were finances, interpersonal communication, um, and then health, like holistic health. Um, mind, body, soul, Mm -hmm. spirit, all the things. So, um, yeah, we will dive into, let's dive into finances next week and, um, we will just start there. Yeah.